What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Leaving the Comfort Zone. This is Richard Rodriguez with co-host Hector Marmel. What up? What's up, everybody, man? I know we've been a little bit gone uh, the past couple weeks, but we're finally back uh, with a special guest, actually guest number two on the show. Uh, Cam, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, man, I'm good. How you doing, Rich? Good, good, man. I'm good. I'm, we're super excited to have you on the show today, obviously, man. I think you're going to add a lot of value here today. Um, I know you said this is kind of like your first podcast, I think, right? Yeah, first time. I'm, I'm excited, looking forward to the opportunity. Nah, for sure, man, for sure. Again, thank you for coming out today. I know you obviously put us in your schedule today, man, and let's just get right into it, man. Heck, heck, go ahead, man. Start us off. Start us off. Well, first, um, I know we've been gone for a little bit, but we're back at it. And that's just, again, working on things, getting better as we go. Like we always say, we're in the trenches with y'all. But um, to start it off today, we kind of want to touch upon a little bit of what our last episode was and how it kind of pushes over into today. So I know we spoke about generational moves and just the mindset of sometimes having to make sacrifices to better those that come down the line. And then today it's actually coming into our topic, which is setting yourself up to win. So I know here we got Cam and I know Cam just to share. I want you to share a little bit about yourself as to where you are now. And then we can go into a little bit of where you were and then kind of your path. Yeah, so um, so today um, I am I work full time for my, my dad's company. He has a facility services company here in Cincinnati. Um, I also have my own business as well uh, by the name of Blue Bear, um, where, you know, our mission is to build life undivided. Um, and so, you know, between Blue Bear and my dad's company, RCF Group, um, I'm busy, uh, not to mention a <laughs> wife and, and three, two kids, one on the way. So life's been busy. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. And then Cam, I always think it's a better, it's a better way to kind of introduce somebody, man, to not have us kind of talk about your background and your history a little bit. If you don't mind just jumping in from, we don't have to even go to high school, man, but just to kind of like your college experience a little bit after college, it's kind of your roadmap because I know you have a sports background as well. Um, that's yeah, kind of how we absolutely. connect this. If you don't mind jumping into that a little bit, I think it'll be good for our listeners. Yeah, so I, I briefly touch on high school, but I was drafted out of high school by the Cleveland Indians and didn't sign. Um, and then, you know, went to Indiana University, um, played about half the year, but did really well there, um, and then transferred home to University of Cincinnati. And uh, when I when I came, you know, I worked with my good friend Josh Harrison. Shout out to to Jay Hay. Shout out to Jay uh, Hay. Who's with the Detroit Tigers now? Um, and you know, it was a it was a good opportunity for me to come back home. I played in front of my family and friends, um, and, and really got an opportunity to uh, just be at home. Um, I was pretty successful there. Uh, fortunately, but unfortunately, I was undrafted, okay. so I signed um, as an unrestricted free agent into the independent league mm. um, initially and played about half a year um, with the, uh, who did I play with? Play, play <laughs> half the year in the Frontier League. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I, you know, the baseball career is, is kind of in the back part of my mind now, Absolutely. so I apologize. But, um, yeah, I played in the Frontier League, and it was, a, it was a good opportunity. I got a chance to learn the game at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game is a little bit faster, a little bit different, but it was good. Um, good learning. Um, from there, I was actually signed by the Cincinnati Reds at the end of the season. Okay. Um, so I got a chance to play for the hometown team, which awesome. uh, being a Cincinnati kid, playing for the Reds is like a dream come true. And I know you said you uh, are from Cincinnati. What part of Cincinnati are you from, man? Because I know we've got a lot of Cincinnati listeners for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I actually grew up in Roseland, and then we moved out to the Westchester area. Okay. Uh, so I was really raised in Westchester. 
um, which was was great. Got a chance to be around a lot of different people, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So I, I really value my time in Westchester. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, so I mean, I got a chance to play in the Reds organization, and then um, you know, I, I played with some pretty good guys. I played with uh, Billy Hamilton, Tucker Barnhart. Um, you know, guys who are household names now. Um, and did pretty well there, um, but unfortunately had a emergency wisdom tooth situation um, that caused me to uh, conclude my baseball career. Okay. Um, I was re- released the day I came off the disabled list, and uh, it was tough. It was tough transitioning back into normal life. Um, I went in, back into independent baseball for about two or three months mm-hmm. um, and was not on a good team and I was a veteran so you know being a vet you're 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 more of an expense um, so unfortunately uh, when the team wasn't performing well they started cutting back on expenses to save some money and I was one of them wow and I know like I've, d- I've dabbled a little bit with professional ball and to me it was it was mind-blowing but it wasn't at the same time when I was like oh I, I got to keep reminding myself, this is really a business for them, you know? Yeah. And that's that's how they see it on a bigger scale. So, like, it's, hearing that, to me, just kind of threw me back to when I was, like, in California and, like, seeing things the way that they were mm-hmm. and, like, why I chose not to continue going down that down that path. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. Even, even in independent baseball, mm-hmm. you know, the guys on the field are what bring the revenue. And, you know, if the team's not performing, obviously that's impacting the bottom line for the company or for the, the team. Um, and so when the team's not performing, it makes it easy to start cutting and, and cutting from the highest level down, which means most of the time your vets are going to be cut first. Which that's is interesting, man, because I know a lot of people, maybe some listeners, um, some not, but they don't understand how sports is really a business. It's kind of like going into a nine to five. Um, even though it's a sport and it looks all glamorous and everything, you're still working every day to keep your job. Um, no matter how much money you're making or anything, you just never know what could happen. Um, that's why it's important to get those stories out there, and I'm glad you came on today. Um, but you saying that transition from baseball and playing pro, I know you are speaking very humbly of your background, man. You were stud back in the day. It's okay to, to talk about it a little bit. Um, but, man, like you, you, I know baseball and sports are in the back end of, of kind of your career so far. Talk about that transition from, from sports being over um, to you playing a little bit of indie ball and then being completely done that decision, I know it was extremely hard for you to kind of be like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of going to hang up the cleats and, and focus on my real life. Um, your father, your husband, I don't know how early that started for you, but if you don't mind kind of going into that as well. Yeah, yeah. So so the transition from baseball into um, normal life was probably the hardest transition that I've ever gone through in my life. Okay. Um, you know, as a, as a professional athlete, you know, you are basically on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And then when you transition out, it feels like you go to the bottom of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, when I came out, um, I was engaged at the time and my fiance was pregnant, who is now my wife and my oldest daughter. Um, but she was pregnant. And so immediately, as soon as I got out, I got right into the grind of life. Yeah. Um, you know, I started working. Uh, full-time in a, in a warehouse, actually, which was a place that I never imagined that I would work at. Mm. Um, but the most important thing for me was to make sure that my fiancé was taken care of. Have food on the table. For the exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it became a, a different set of priorities. It wasn't about baseball anymore. It was about making sure that my daughter and my fiancé had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, a, that was a tough transition for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, I went through hardcore depression and 
and, and everything. Really, yeah. Oh yeah, everything that everything that comes with a, a life change. Yeah. That, I could definitely see that being tough, just because it's like it's one mindset, and next day switch to something else, and like if you don't give yourself, I feel like I'm a big believer of like solitude, like pockets of solitude here and there, but I'm um, if you don't give yourself the time to at least become aware of that transition then I think that's when, like, that depression sneaks in and stuff like that. Absolutely. And I think, like, uh, what's that saying? I think it's, like, every athlete suffers two deaths. Mm, so when they good. stop playing, and then they got to kind of recreate that self-image of themselves to see or create that new purpose, and then, you know, obviously at the end, everyone... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's extremely, extremely true. Um, and it was tough because at the point of uh, the end of my career... Um, I immediately knew that I had to recreate myself and figure out what I was going to do from that point on. So, you know, I went through uh, probably five years or so where I was really just trying to find myself, find my purpose. Wow, five um, years. I was yeah. going to be my next question. Was that, that process after sports were done, how long did it take to get out of depression? How long did it take to kind of find a new purpose or a new goal to, to drive yourself? Because without that, it's a little harder to find yourself. You sure. Know? Yeah. It took, it took me about five years. That's crazy, um, And it's, it, it was tough because, you know, you don't realize um, how much emphasis you put on the particular thing, whatever it is. And then when you transition and it's not there anymore, you're really like, man, I really have no idea where to go. Um and I didn't. I was a 25-year-old kid um, mm -hmm. who had no idea what he wanted to do, but a ton of responsibilities to go with it. Yeah. So I had to figure it all out. And it's, it took me some time. It took me some time. Wow. Wow. That is... Pause on that one, right? Yeah, I have to, because it's, some, yeah. it's something that just resonates like, with me so well. So to give you a little bit of background on myself, like... Like, um, I had the opportunity, I played a month in, like, the California Winter League. Yep. Then I had a contract to go play in the Pacific Association mm -hmm. up in, uh, what was it, in the Napa Valley. Yeah. So, um, you know, after, after seeing that contract, at that time I had really committed relationship, already moving to an apartment. So I already had rent, like, going right. out there. And right. you know, like, at that level of independent <clears throat> ball, you're not seeing... Too much money. Too much money. Yeah. yeah. Especially uh, out in California. Right. So, and yeah. I just kind of came to, I guess, like like a vision or a breakthrough where I was like, at the end of the day, at least in professional sports, like, you're your biggest asset, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, God forbid something happens where you, now you can't perform, <laughs> there goes everything. Exactly. And then also, then also tapping into, like, the business side of it, I started thinking, like, hey, like... I really don't have much control as I think I do. Mm. So then I got to the point where I was like, I don't think I feel comfortable chasing this with so many variables, right. having right. that decision on me, which kind of led me into entrepreneurship. Cause sure. I was like, I want to be the person that's in charge of putting food on my table. Absolutely. You know, like I don't want to rely on, they're relying on me, but I don't want to rely on somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even, even you saying that makes me think, it, I, I think it sheds more light into why I really wanted to go into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, and then understanding that um, in baseball, I mean, I got released and I had the best stats in the entire organization the day I got released. Yeah. So, you know, when you see this, you're like, man, I really can't even control my own destiny. And no matter what it is that I do on the field, 
it has nothing to do with what's going on in the office mm -hmm. from a red standpoint, from a leadership standpoint. So, and did that, you felt like that messed with you mentally a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, I guess I grew up with the notion of, that's you know, who you were. And that's who if you work hard, you'll get what, you'll get yeah, what you want. You'll yeah. get what you deserve, right? Yeah. And when that became evident that that was not the reality, mm -hmm. it was devastating. What would you say, we're big on like perspective, on like your mentality, kind of like your mental toughness. That five-year span where you had a lot of trouble mentally, like even outside of sports, what were you thinking or what were you working on to get yourself out of that? From somebody who maybe doesn't come from a sports background who might be listening in, that is going through some trouble, not sports related, but, but wants to get out of that depression and wants to get out of that hole where they, they don't see a way out or a light at the end of the tunnel. That's a tough question. Um, My bad. <laughs> My no, bad. that's good. <laughs> My bad, man. No, that's good. That's good. Um, I think that what I really had to do was get real introspective with myself mm. and really understand where my heart was at, what my passions were. Um, you know, initially my passion became the next generation of people like me. So, you know, the next generation of athletes. Mm -hmm. And the tough part was I didn't want to go to the college ranks because those guys are where I was, right? They mm -hmm. had the same dreams, goals, aspirations. Mm -hmm. And it's really tough to manipulate or change anything that they would think about. Yeah. But I knew that high school kids would listen, especially given my background. Right. So, you know, I went to the high school ranks and I was able to work with some of those kids there. But just talking to them about, hey, you know, I, I know you want to play professional baseball. Every kid does. And I hate to be the guy to dampen your dreams. But at the same token, one of the things that was said to me that I never really took full advantage of was thinking about my plan B and what was next. Um, because it's not a matter of if, but when they tell you it's time to take the cleats off, what are you going to do at that time, right? Um, you know, even if you play 20 years in the big leagues, at some point you got to take the cleats off and transition into regular life. So what does that look like? And where is it at for you so when it does happen, you're not taken off guard? That's interesting, man, because a lot of people who know me personally say, like, oh, Rich, it always seems like you have, like, a, like another plan, like a plan B or something like that, like multiple things going for you. But in reality, when I was in college, man, all I was thinking about was baseball. Mm -hmm. And I know you said you come from a professional background. Hector played for a little bit. I had the opportunity to, to play independent ball, whatever, went to a couple pro workouts. But to me was if I didn't get drafted in the draft, like, it was, I was done. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was a very hard line, but not getting drafted was like, all right, well, time to do something else. But I'm a big believer in like no plan B. Mm -hmm. I think that you just got to go 100% on what you really believe in and what you dream about. And then if it doesn't work out, then seek the next, the next plan or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's always good to have a plan B, obviously. I'm not saying it's wrong or anything like that, but I'm a strong believer that if you do have that passion for it, man, then go 100% at it. Mm -hmm and then adjust after, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I fall on your face, and then if you fall on your face, then adjust to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I was the same way when I was mm -hmm. coming up. I remember mm -hmm. my parents asking me, you know, if you don't play professional baseball, what are you gonna do? And I remember telling my mom, my mom will remind me even to this day that I used to tell her there is no such thing as a plan B. You know, I, this is what I'm doing. And that's why you got there. Right. You know what I mean? It is. And I don't disagree. The only tough part is what happens when it is over. Even if there is no plan B, right? And you make it all the way through on your plan A, at some point it's going to end. Mm -hmm. Unless you plan on dying on the field, right? Mm -hmm. You got to figure out what's next and where you go from there. And if you don't have that plan, then you're, you're just kind of SOL. Mm -hmm.
you know, yeah. and you got to try to figure out and pick up the pieces from there. I'm a, I'm a big believer. It's weird because I take both aspects. I'm a, this is what I'm doing and I'm going here full force. But at the same time, I think it's smart to be aware of your, your interests because I think that could be a bridge, mm-hmm. you know, even though like you're not mapping out a plan B, a plan B while you're doing plan A, like at least be aware of your interests right. to see like at least what could be some different types of avenues, you know, Absolutely. I, like, like I said, I'm a firm believer. If I'm over here writing out a plan B, does that really mean I believe plan A? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, that's where I'm at. But, right. Wow. It's not a bad perspective. Yeah. It's just tough. It's tough to put in play because you always want to have those questions to your point. So And to be honest, man, sometimes once in a while I beat myself up over my last year in college, whether I was leaning towards more of like, all right, what's my next option? Mm-hmm. Was I giving it a hundred I was giving it a hundred percent, but even those little thoughts of plan B creeping in meant that I was doubting a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me still to this day. A little sure, a little sure. bit. Like a little bit, not too much, but I don't know, man. I'm a big believer in just 100% in that plan. Yeah. And when I, when I say that, I think of my brother right away. Like, if you talk to Manny and you go, yo, what you doing? He's like, baseball. Like, I'm going to be pro. Like, I'm going to do... And, like, he's there right now. And I think he's there because of that mentality. Agreed. And I respect him for it. But transitioning from that, man, like, outside of the baseball thing and that five-year period of you getting out or, like, finding yourself... Um, explain after those five years of you kind of like finding yourself what was your purpose like what was your your intent where your goals were at yeah so I after I after I got done with baseball <clears throat> my main goal was really to provide for my family initially mm-hmm. um, and I really wanted to make sure that my family had the opportunity to grow up the same way that I did um, you know i come from a two-parent household both parents worked um, and I never wanted for anything um, they always took care of anything that I wanted, needed, etc. Um, well, I won't say that. Not everything I wanted, but <laughs> almost everything, right? Like, okay. <laughs> Shit, it's not a dream life out here. <laughs> but, you know, I really wanted to give the same thing to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is about the time that my, my son comes into play. Um, and so I really wanted to... I, my biggest goal was to invest in my kids. Um, And to invest in my family. So for me, that meant um, I really needed to make sure that my my kids were as smart as they could be and as um, as 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 uh, well functioned and well manicured and well everything that they could be. Right. So, you know, between my my now wife and I, we decided that she would stay at home and I would work full time. Um, and for me, that immediately meant if I have to work two or three or four jobs to make sure that we have and we can do the things that my parents provided me the opportunities to do, we would. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the route that I set out on. Um, and I just started working hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was difficult because I was working hard, but I wasn't working smart. Oh. So I was doing a bunch of different jobs. You know, I worked for I worked for the Cincinnati Reds at one point as an assistant director of the Urban Youth Academy. And it was fun. I got a chance to stay around baseball and, and, and pour into other kids' lives, which is what I also said I wanted to do. But the problem was I wasn't able to pour into my own kids' lives because I wasn't making enough money wow. to do what I wanted to do there. That's crazy. So, you know, I, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep working. And, you know, I had a lot of friends around me, one in particular who is, like, my mentor. And he used to always ask me, Cam, how you doing? How you doing? And I would always say, I'm grinding grinding Mm -hmm. and he's like when are you he's like you're always grinding when are you going to start working smart 
And I'm like, damn, I think I'm struggling with that right <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. It was a good question. I was yeah. like, okay. So, you know, from there, I really started trying to think about what I can do to work smart. How can I stop the grind and work smart? Mm -hmm. um, and that was around the time that I actually left the Reds and went and worked in finance. Okay. Um, so it was a it was a good transition for me at that point. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I wanted to touch upon what you said, like grinding, because I know it's such a I know it's a term that we all use, but like I'm big into the words that you speak have a lot of power. Mm -hmm. So um, I listened to something the other day that someone said like he said the same thing. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. But he's like, why do you use the word grinding? He's like, if you could put a picture on the word grinding, doesn't it seem tiring? Mm -hmm. You know, like just that just that word itself. Absolutely. He goes, he goes I've threw that out of my vocabulary and I just say I'm on the pursuit or right. I'm on the journey because that just that word itself doesn't take energy out of me or sure. at least doesn't paint a picture that I'm struggling sure. to make things happen you know? yeah no that's good and, and, the, and the grinding part of it was it's super tiring to your point I mean you know you you work so hard but you're not really getting anywhere because mm -hmm. you're grinding right you're, you're just going up against something right it's friction yeah. exactly it's yeah. that, that friction there so you know I, I had to change that as well and that's a that's good perspective um to to really transition from grinding to like okay I'm, this is what i'm trying to accomplish let me focus let me let me direct let me move in that direction because mm -hmm. to that point there's a lot of people who aren't making that much money but are working like crazy you know mm -hmm. what i mean so i think the working smarter part is really 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 important because I know I'm a grinder, but I think I get that term from sports, mm -hmm. like, because yeah. you're always grinding in sports. The harder you work, the, the better you're going to hit, the better you're going to, faster you're going to run, all that. But in the real world, um, it doesn't transition as much. I mean, yeah, the harder you work, the more results you're going to get, but sometimes you got to start working smarter at some point, because right. time is everything. Right. Well, to go back to your sports analogy, in mm -hmm. theory, right, if you're working harder, it works better. But that's just in theory. I mean, I'm sure you could think about guys who didn't work nearly as hard as you, but they always put the results out there mm -hmm. and they're probably playing in the big leagues right now, right? <laughs> yeah, I, said, yeah, I remember yeah. hitting in the cage with Josh Harrison. Uh -huh. Josh would take like 10 swings and be done. And I'd be in there all night. Like, dude, what are you doing? Effective, like, but he was probably taking effective, efficient exactly. swings. Exactly. Working smart, smarter, right? Exactly. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. And I never understood till late in my career the people that would leverage sleep. Mm. You know? Because like you said, <laughs> we'd be up. Oh, let's go to the gym. Let, let's lift twice. Let's mm -hmm. hit three times. Let's break it up into three sessions. But it's like, dude, when are you sleeping? Yep. Because a big part of being an athlete is the recovery. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, I used to, I used to go to the cage at 11 o'clock and hit till like 1. Mm -hmm. You know? That was my thing. Just grinding. You mm -hmm. know? And not getting to sleep and I, there's no doubt if you can't really sleep well and you can't really see as well then you probably are going to have some troubles hitting a 90 mile an hour fastball yeah just a guess no, but, for yeah. sure. but i'm curious to see um at what point in your life did did blue bear come up or you instead of working a few different jobs you said you know what i'm gonna focus on one job and then focus on something for myself so at what sure. point in your life did, did that come up for you yeah good question so so blue bear is actually really new um in terms of of a timeline um the idea kind of birthed about about a year ago um but i was sitting at my desk one day um at my current job looking at my boss and my boss was wearing a shirt um vineyard vines which is everybody's favorite brand right <laughs> and i'm not I'm, in that boat i'm not in that everybody <laughs> boat but oh <laughs> uh, Man, but I, I saw I saw he was wearing a shirt and I was wondering, I was like, man, I was like, what 
cut I wear that represents me, right? Mm. And you know, I, I didn't, I couldn't really pinpoint anything. That's a hard question, though. You know, it is, it is, and you know, it, it, it's tough because you know, I didn't want to do something without having a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. And anything that I do, you know, it has to have purpose. It has to have meaning. And if it's to nobody but me, then that's fine because that gets me up every morning to continue to work on it, right? Yeah. So got to have that purpose. Um, that's huge. So, you know, I, I when I was sitting there, I, I just kept looking at his shirt and I was like, man, okay. Then the next day he came in and I'm sitting there and I look at his shirt and he's got on Southern Tides. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this dude is wearing all of these little preppy uh-huh. brands. Like, what is this, uh-huh. right? And I really wanted something to represent me. So I uh, I, I created this, this brand called Blue Bear. And, you know, it really was an opportunity for me to initially uh, lean into something that represented me. Okay. And so for the longest, after all of the, the backstory of baseball, I really had to understand what identifies me. Right. So, you know, I went through a couple different paths and a couple different routes um, to come to where we are today, um, where, you know, blue bear really means um, the blue part of it is is believing in life undivided or building life undivided. Right. Oh, wow. And, wow. and focusing on. Oh, <laughs> hold on. Let's, let's run that back. That's crazy. That's dope. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Building life undivided. Wow. Um, and, you know, in the world that we live in today, unfortunately, we're extremely divided by so many different things, right? Mm. Um, race, religion, color, creed, and you name it, and it divides us, right? Mm. And and I never, I didn't grow up like that. You know, mm. we talked about baseball earlier in the, in the conversation. There's n- almost no such thing as, as racism in, in baseball, right? It's mm-hmm. so diverse. There's so many different people, so many different backgrounds, and I grew up in baseball. So I really wanted to support that and, and seeing um, the world that we live in today from a political standpoint all the way down to, you know, the guy walking down the street. Absolutely. Um, there's so much division. And so, you know, I really I go to I go to Crossroads and okay. uh, Crossroads has a mission of Undivided where they're really trying to bring or bridge the color lines and bridge people together. Right. And. I realized that, that that message really resonated with me. And I wanted my brand to represent that same type of message. So now, you know, after some time of building, um, when you see the blue bear, right, it literally is being undivided. And what you're rocking today, man, looks good. That's a good polo. I yeah, like, I appreciate it. I like the logo. Yeah. I like the look. It's flashy for sure. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And where, where can someone go to find blue bear or have access to that type of stuff yeah so so right now we're only on the web uh www.bluebear.com b-l-u-b-a-i-r-e so it is a u it's not the traditional blue in the color um but that's that's where you can go so we're online um we also have instagram and facebook as well so if you want to track us on there um we're blue bear on instagram and then blue bear s-t-w-s-d show the world something different on Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. So either or either platform, any platform you can you can find us and purchase. Gotcha. Absolutely. Awesome. 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 You have something smart? Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's crazy to see something that small, you see your boss wearing that shirt and like you saw that there was a gap that needed to be filled. But other than that gap, what did you feel about I guess being your own boss or putting yourself in that position that really pulled you to go in that direction? 
Yeah, so so for me, I really wanted to uh, kind of fast forwarding with the baseball life um, and, and realizing why I got released and, and how it impacted me. I really wanted to be my own boss. Mm. So that was like the big, that was the initial piece of it. That was kind of the only focus. Like, okay, what can I do to be my own boss? That's a big statement, man. Like, Huge. We, that's, and we're, we're focusing a little bit on trying to push that. <laughs> I think being your own boss is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Agree, agree. And it's tough to work. Um, it's tough to work hard for somebody else or grind for somebody else, and then you don't. You never get what you feel like you deserve, right? Mm-hmm. Or you feel like there's more out there. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I really wanted to do that, um, but then I also really focused on the uh, the the equality piece of life. Right. I really wanted to cr- be my own boss, but then create something that brought people together mm-hmm. and not divide. And so it just all kind of married into this Blue Bear concept. And, you know, just been going with this since. So awesome. really excited. Yeah, awesome. Now, I got, I got, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I got, I just got a real good question that I got to get out of. <laughs> How how tough is it? I know a lot of people that might be listening, man, that we're all creators, I feel like, internally. Um, some people might be afraid to leave the comfort zone and try to create something or try to work on something just because when you are working a nine-to-five or full-time job, um, your energy gets drained, man, depending on what you do. Um, a lot of We all work, um, but how tough is it being a father, uh, being a husband, having two kids, you said, and then one's coming on the way. Mm-hmm. Congrats to that, man. That's awesome. How, how, in terms of time management, how important or how hard is it to find the balance between all that? Because it's hard running, working for somebody and then operating a business on the side. Like, can you go into that a little bit? How- yeah, so it's, it's extremely difficult and I won't, I won't sugarcoat it by any means. Um, you know, every, every time I listen to stories of entrepreneurs, Um, Anybody that's gotten to any level of success, they always talk about how they lost a relationship in the process. So it's difficult, right? It's extremely difficult. But for me, I don't look at that as a reason to not do it. It's a challenge. It's an opportunity to overcome, right? Mm -hmm. Because what might be true for 90% of people is not true for 100%, which means that there's 10% of people who can overcome those odds, right? And so I just focus on being that um, and, and not letting... The fear of what could stop me from doing what I want and what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, you know, I know when you become your own boss, there's more income, there's more opportunities and things like that. And I want to help create opportunities for my kids um, and even for my wife, you know, to, to be able to bless them, do some things for them that they may not think are, are uh, possible at this point. Yeah, so. or, or even down the line, create something that's willable. Right. You know, where you could pass it down generation to generation. Exactly. Which is, which is amazing. Exactly, um, exactly. I did want to ask you, because now you're in the position where, um, like you said, you still work, you do this. But at one point of the day, you're your own boss, you're running your business. I think earlier before you said you had a partner. But how much do you believe that I guess your personal development as a person reflects into your business. Cause I know, I know a lot of people going to business and I know, the, like you said, the percentages are high of businesses that fail in five years, like 95%. It's crazy. I'm a firm believer of the business didn't grow because the person didn't grow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how much like, would you say like you had to work on yourself to start seeing success in your business and kind of keep moving forward with sure. your business? So I think, I think that that's a never-ending answer. Um, honestly, I even now, I mean, 
there's no point in your life where you 100% feel ready to do whatever it is you're going to do, right? So, you know, I spend time now, um, like even yesterday, I was, I spent, you know, half the day sitting on my porch reading a book um, and just trying to learn more and, and grow, right? Because the, the second you think you know everything is the second, to your point, when your business fails. Um, a lot of businesses are going to fail because people feel like they know everything. They don't need to learn. Mm. Um, no matter what, what, what genre of work you go into, it's ever changing. Um, you know, even, I mean, if you look at baseball, we'll, keep, we'll go back to baseball, mm -hmm. right? When we were playing, we talk about swinging down and through the ball. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, nine, ten years later, they're talking about launch angle. Mm -hmm. If I tried to do launch angle when I was playing, I probably would have never made it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, but now if you don't hit 20 home runs, you're, you're not you're the out guy. Out of the question. Right? Yeah. You're not the guy. Mm -hmm. So you might as well hit 190 with 20 home runs so yep. you can get to the next level. You have to you have to stick with the times. You have to go with the times, and you got to continue to educate and and, and evolve yourself, um, and and keep growing. Wow. Damn, that's good, man. And that reading wow. books aspect of it, it it sounds like you on a daily basis make an effort to improve whether it's your mentality, um, your character, your personality, how you interact with people, um, outside of business, outside of sports, just personal. How how much have you feel like you've grown through starting the business? or kind of venturing out whether it's reading, whether it's doing research, like what, how has all that played into kind of your life? Uh, good question. So I, th I, think it's, I think it's played a lot into my life. I think um, prior to, well, within uh, up, up until the last, I'd say three to five years, I was just a, a former baseball player. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't bring much value outside of baseball. Um, but Look I at think, you now, man. Look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying. I'm trying, right, you know. Right. Um, but I think the for me, the, the best measuring stick is when I talk to my wife and I say, you know, um, how much growth have you seen in me? Or, or what do you think about wow. me? Um, and, and when I ask her those questions and she says, you know what? I've seen you grow tremendously, especially over these last three to four years. Um, where you were just a baseball player and now you're a man. You know, you take care of, our, of us as a family. You take care of me as your wife. You take care of your responsibilities. Yeah, of course, I would love for you to spend more time with us or do Absolutely. more things and not spend yeah. time in the business. But I understand that this is a place that you're trying to go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think it's, I don't know, it, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a journey. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about where it's going. Um, and opportunities ahead and to continue to learn, continue to evolve um, and to grow. So, I mean, hopefully that answers your question. No, it did. It did. And then I, you mentioned that. I just want to give a quick shout out. You, you have a wife, been married for how many years? Man, a lot. A lot, no. yeah. <laughs> no, man, that's, it's important yeah. to hit on that because it's important to have somebody there like as a partner. Sure. I know Hector, you're, you're kind of going that route. I'm yeah. single, so I'm, I'm a little I'm, different. I'm, I'm engaged right now. Congratulations. Don't got kids, but I got two dogs. So Congrats. Congrats. I feel like they Almost. take up a lot of my time. So your time management part that you touched upon, I'm really going to take into consideration, have sure. already taken into consideration sure. to apply into my life because that's where I feel like... Um, I struggle, mm -hmm. you know, I went, got a planner, I got the professional planner right. times from 8am to whatever. Mm -hmm. And I literally had to like create color blocks, work, business, podcast, this, so I could see what's free. Mm -hmm. And now like my biggest thing is making sure my fiance has the time where she gets her quality time and stuff like that. And I That's wanted true. to ask you, cause being, you know, I aspire to have a family down the road. Mm -hmm. Same. 
<laughs> he had to get that out there, ladies. But <laughs> what I want to know, like you said, when you wake up, you know your purpose. Like in, t- in the rough times, because I know you, sh- you come across those times. What do you leverage? What do you tell yourself? What do you picture to, to bring more fuel when the tank's already empty? It's a good question. Um, and, you know, real quick, shout out to my wife. That's what, Courtney, appreciate that, you. Yeah, you guys didn't, I guess, get the question. I was trying to glue together how important the wife and, like, the girl in the picture yeah. is. Because, like, I feel like she supports you a lot. That, that right, energy that she right. brings to the table for you is extremely important. So I just want to make sure you gave her a shout out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Courtney, I love you. Um, but, no, that, so, so how do I, she is the reason why I'm able to do the things that I do. And when you're talking about it from a priority standpoint, I think making her the number one wow. is always the right way to go. And, you know, the saying, happy wife, happy life, I'm not really sure I subscribe to that as much as I subscribe to um, making sure that she always knows that she is the, pro- the priority and my best friend. And the reason why I do what I do is for her and for us, mm-hmm. right? And even after having kids, you know, it... it not to go there, but it, it talks about it in, the, in the Bible of making your wife the priority still, not your kids. Mm. And I think that's uh, I think that's something that we got to kind of keep into perspective, right? Because yeah. it's easy to say, yo, I'm, I'm giving my kids all the time in the world, or I'm giving my business all the time in the world, mm. or I'm giving my dogs all the time in the world, and then your wife take a back seat, and then in six months you're divorced and you don't know what happened. Mm. So I think it's important to just make sure that that is your focus, mm, regardless of what you that, do. That's awesome. I was <clears throat> I was having a conversation with, with my mentor, and like a lot of the people that we're associated with, and he was having a conversation with his kids, and he was talking about the same thing, and that kind of the analogy that he used was like, listen, you guys are very important in my life, but if you were to picture a chandelier, your mom's a chandelier, and you're a light bulb. <laughs> always, 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 right? <laughs> always. <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. This this episode has been, to me, incredible, and it's been perfect timing, which I know has been... There's no such thing as a coincidence to me. Um, is there anything you wanted to touch upon? I know this this guy is living outside the comfort zone is day, on a daily basis. <laughs> no, nah, for sure, man. I wanted to ask one final question to yeah. you is not a perfect picture route, but what, to somebody listening in who's who might be thinking about taking that jump or that leap of faith, um, what would you say, uh, some advice that you would give because you're a father, you're mm-hmm. a husband, you, you, you are handling a lot right now on your plate. Um, and I feel like you have some credible, something's credible to say. What would you say to somebody listening and that's really trying to figure it out or trying to like understand that route? Yeah, so I, th- I think the advice that I would give is advice I was given to me um, is that you're never going to be 100% ready. Mm. So if you're waiting for that, you might as well not do it. Um, you know, you're going to have to jump in at some point and, and to the point of our conversation, you're going to have to leave the comfort zone. Um, Staying in your comfort zone is going to prevent you from all possibilities that you see other people indulging in, right? Um, you say, well, how come I can't do that? Or how come I can't get there? I wish I could do that. It's because you're still in the comfort zone. You got it. You have to step out. And there is no such thing as the right timing to do it. Damn, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Wow. No, nah, yes. man, I think that's all for me, <laughs> man. That was a good conversation. I think. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm like... Sure. My, I'm, 
it's hard for me to talk right now because I'm just mind blown in a lot of aspects because like what I see in you is where I can see myself down the road. Sure. So I like to, like when I'm listening that hard, I don't talk that much. Yeah, I feel like you we know? really talk. I mean, yeah, we, we like, which yeah. is great because this is what we want. We want to leverage your experience for sure. So, sure. so other people listening can can get more things that we can't talk about. Right. You know. Right. But yeah. no, this I'm has been it. this has been phenomenal. I, no, I enjoyed it a lot, man. I know we talked about a little bit about Blue Bear. Again, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Um, at Blue Bear on Instagram, Blue Bear STWSD on Facebook. Show the world something different. Um, or you can go to www.bluebear.com and check me out there. And then what all, obviously they can go to your website and check it out, but what all, like, your branding and everything, what are you offering right now? Is it, like, hats? Like, what do you, what do you guys got yeah, going on? Yeah, good question. So we have, we have uh, dad hats. Okay. Uh, Those are in right now. That's Those right. They're in. in. They're, They're in, in, right? They're so we got dad hats. <laughs> uh, T-shirts, polos. Um, we do have socks, which I'm okay. kind of letting the cat out the bag. We do have socks. We got a ton of socks. But we have not publicly advertised them as gotcha. of yet. Gotcha. Um, they are on Instagram. They are on Facebook. But they're coming real soon. So awesome. um, hopefully, you know, the, the plan is to expand um, our inventory of what we currently have, as well as adding a few additional items, which I will kind of steer clear from at this point. Um, but yeah, so if you're looking for dad hats, polo shirts, uh, or t-shirts, or socks on the beat, check us out. Bluebirds are way to go. And guys, they're Sweet. clean. This man's wearing them right now, and I could see myself wearing one. So nah, yeah, they're, go check they're, it out. They're super nice. And you guys know for us... Um, our Instagram on Instagram right now is underscore leaving the comfort zone. Um, don't forget to subscribe as well and drop a comment, whether it's on the podcast or the Instagram guys with any questions you guys might have. DM us um, any thoughts or anything like that. We, we tend to respond to everybody who hits us up. Um, it's always good to go back and forth on some questions and some answers that you guys might have for us. Um, but yeah, man, we, we're super appreciative of you, Cam, coming on board with us today, man. I think it's been a really good conversation. I hope everybody enjoys it as much as I did. Um, I know I learned a lot today. Heck, how about you, man? Yeah, I got a lot, especially to apply to my own personal life. But with that being said, I just want to say, don't be greedy. Share it. <laughs> it's not It's not just for you to listen to, but it's for you to pass it on and pay it forward to those who pop up in your mind when you listen to this podcast. With that being said, follow, subscribe, and it's a wrap. No, that's a wrap for us, man. Cam, thanks for coming on, man. We'll thanks see you guys later. Me. Appreciate you guys. Peace. Peace.